If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. I'm here today with Anna Crabb. Anna, I'm excited to get to know you Thank and you. learn more about your business. Yeah, thanks for letting me come on. Tell me a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, I'm Anna Crabb. Um, I just moved here with my family in October um, from Bountiful, and I have a four-year-old and an 18-month-old son. And um, prior to moving here, I worked as a teacher I'm at a few different independent schools um, around Utah, and when I moved here, I missed teaching, and I wanted to get back into it, so I decided to open my own school. It's fantastic. Tell us about it. It's early childhood education, mm -hmm. so it, it covers preschool, kindergarten, first grade? Yes. Okay. Yep. How does that work? Yeah, so it's kind of different. Normally, people are just, you know, they, the normal track is you go to a private preschool somewhere, and then they go into public kindergarten, first grade, um, but... Current research has been showing the benefits of having kind of a more spread out early childhood period, kind of before the age of seven, letting kids kind of go at their own pace when they're learning these academic skills and having a little bit longer to play and explore and just kind of develop holistically instead of kind of jumping right into academics. So because of that research, I'm very passionate about it. And um yeah, I wanted to give, there's not really any schools like that other than the one I worked at down in Bountiful called Choice. It's called Choice Academy. Um, there's not many others that I found that have that kind of spread out early childhood period. What is your school called? My school's called Stony Brook Hollow. Okay, great yep. name. Thanks. Pretty. We're on Stony Brook Road over by um, Samuel Morgan Elementary. I love it. Yeah. And so you teach in your home. Yes, it's out of my home. How does it work then? Is it considered a charter school? It's not. It's just an independent school. It, I would love to become a charter school one day. It's very complicated to get to that point. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but right now, this is our first year. Um, but I've been able to find some funding for kindergartners and first graders. Um, it doesn't completely cover tuition, but it, about half, so a little bit more than half. And I was also able to find some funding for a special needs kid. My son is special needs, and so that was really important to me that they could have access to a different learning style, learning environment if they needed it. Are those state programs or? Um, no, or? they're private. Private, um, really? Yeah, one of them is called My Tech High. A lot of homeschool families use that um, to help kind of supplement their education needs, and so I can be considered a third-party provider through them, and families can. We're just part-time. It's Monday through Thursday, 9 to noon, So because we're so part-time our kids can qualify for some funding, but not preschool, unfortunately. So preschool we still need some help so with pre with preschool. But So first and second grade are almost free then? Kindergarten and first or grade. For, okay, kindergarten yep. and first grade. Um, about, it's... About 50%? It it's ends up being about a, a little over $100 a month. Our tuition oh, is two twenty five. That's a really good deal. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a really good deal. I mean, when our kids were in preschool years and years ago... It was still expensive. I remember it being maybe $50. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was 
20 plus years ago. Yeah. So yeah, it's a tricky it's a tricky thing trying to balance making sure that I keep it accessible to families while also, you know, I want to if you're going to it's a play-based preschool and inquiry-based. Um and so the philosophy, you know, you want to have high-quality materials and create this environment that inspires curiosity and so there's like a pretty large overhead and a lot that kind of goes into creating that. So, it's been a balance to try to keep it accessible while also providing, you know, the high quality education that I think kids deserve. How many students do you have? Do I you can, have several classes? So this year I'm just going to do eight, just one class. So I have up to eight kids. Um, that's all I'm allowed to have with one teacher. Um, and then next year I'm hoping to have a morning and afternoon session. So I'll have up to 16. Um, I'm still kind of keeping it open whether or not I would like to like expand to another building because my son is special needs. It's kind of like perfect for our family right now to have it be in our home. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. It's fantastic. Yeah. So your education and training. Mm-hmm. Are you an educator? Yeah. So my degree is in human development and international development. And I actually purposely did not get an education degree because I wanted to do something a little different. I wanted to Great. more focus on the brain and holistic development apart from like just just kind a, of that co- that cognitive a- academic type mm-hmm. learning. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad that that was my degree and what I did. And then I'm trained in the Montessori philosophy, as well as um, I've been getting some Reggio Emilia training, which is the philosophy that we use at the school. It sounds fascinating. I've really never heard of a program like this. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's fun. great. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense, especially with people wanting to. Focus more on social skills mm-hmm. and interaction skills and making sure that those things are taught along with the academics because right. our kids are suffering so much mm-hmm. because they don't have those social skills yeah. as they grow up. Yeah, it's been a really hard couple of years and there's been not as much so- socialization as normal. So we really have to invest in that because if we skip over that, they the cognitive development won't happen as robustly as it would without that really strong social emotional development before I think it's really interesting. Tell me what a typical day would look like then for you yeah, in your so, classroom. Yeah, we're pretty different from a traditional classroom in that the power dynamic is flipped. So normally you'd have a teacher kind of running the show, having activities, having this schedule that you would follow based on a curriculum that's state mandated, right? That's we kind of move everyone along at the same pace. Um, but in our program, we have the freedom to flip that. So it's child-led and I am a facilitator, I'm a guide. And so I have already have done these family interviews and I know kind of where the developmental needs are of all the kids and their interests. I'm able to create an environment that meets their needs individually where they're at and the interests that they have. I can put those in. So if they're really interested in insects or animals or whatever, I'm able to kind of provide that. And then it's much more fluid. So it's play-based, which research shows that that is like the most efficient way for an early childhood brain to learn is through play. Um, so I, I set up this environment and we come in and we let them play based on this carefully designed environment and they'll play and I'll observe them and I'll watch kind of, okay, where are there challenges, you know, and a lot of it is social emotional, you know, mm-hmm. and so we might come together in small groups or in a large group kind of organically throughout the day and discuss whatever's going on. Or there might, the cool part about it is 
It's inquiry-based, meaning that a child, if the ch- a child or a group of children are really interested in a specific phenomenon like bugs or something, we can pause our day and we can go outside and do an investigation, do research, collect bugs, take pictures of bugs, whatever, bring them back in, and we can just dive into this like two-day long, two-month long, however long the kids want to, into this project of them exploring their own curiosities. So it, it, we kind of end up falling into like a bit of a rhythm and routine, but it is more fluid and there's just a lot more flexibility to let the kids explore their own interests. It sounds fun. It's so fun. It sounds really yeah. creative. Yeah. And and meets the kids at their own level. Yeah. While still teaching them mm-hmm. fundamental things that they need right. to learn. So they'll learn, they'll have, they'll have um, exposure to literacy and math through these investigations, you know, where I have an apple tree. And so if they're really interested in the apple tree, we can go out and pick the apples. We can count the apples. We can order them. We can patter them, sort them. You know, there's all these foundational math skills that are being led, but it's on their own terms instead of handing them a worksheet saying, count the apples, you know? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. color these, these squares. Color the and... squares, yeah. It's much more hands-on, which is so much better for the brain to have these multi-sensory experience. Uh, tell me about your enrollment process. You you talked about sort of knowing where the kids are at. So I'm I'm guessing that you meet with the parents and mm-hmm. meet with the children. Yeah. So I've done one-on-ones with the families after they're enrolled to kind of talk about their holistic development. So physical, social, emotional, cognitive, all of those important things. Um, and then we kind of talk about, you know, any specific goals that they have for their child that year, certain challenges that their child. So it's very tailored. And that, and I'm able to do that because we're so small. You know, I think every teacher would want to do that, right? And all teachers are working so hard, but they it's hard. It's they, There's so much pressure and there's so many rules and they have to jump through all these hoops and they have really big classes. So because I'm small and I'm private, I have the freedom to really just have this customized, tailored experience. I think it's fantastic. I have a, we have a 10-month-old, 11-month-old granddaughter. And as I'm thinking about her and thinking about her future, I, I'm going to tell my kids about yes, your program. Yes, please do. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm, this is your first year. This is my first right? year of doing my own thing. Of yeah. your own thing. So, I mean, and eventually you're, the word's going to spread yeah. and you'll have a big waiting list. Yeah, I already do. Do you, do you really? <laughs> Not a huge already? waiting list. That's I great. probably have about, you know, six kids on there. And I didn't actually even do any advertising. That is really big. Especially I posted a little bit eight. on Facebook, like once or twice on like the Kaysville Facebook page, the Farmington Facebook page, you know. And yeah, I've been really happy with, you know, how it's how it's turned out so far. So yeah, that's my piece of like, oh, I don't know if I want would want to expand yet to a bigger building so I can accommodate for more kids, but we'll see. And we'll hire instructors. So you're yeah. the are you you the solo instructor yeah. right now? Yep. Just so me. it's your program, you're mm-hmm. creating it. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. Thanks. It sounds interesting. Yeah. As far fun. as an average day then, do you have snack time? I mean the yep. class period, how long are they there with you? Yeah, nine to noon. Nine so we have noon. kind okay. of a snack the kids get to prepare it. So is it a hybrid class? So is kindergarten first? Yep. They're all, all they're together. all blended, which oh, is okay. really great for the kids to have some modeling from the older kids and for the younger kids to kind of see what kind of work the older kids are working on, they're interested in, so they can kind of start to piece together how it all fits and then just have a lot of really good learning opportunities, modeling, role-playing, things like that. All right. I was picturing three different classes. No, yeah, they're all blended together. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And then they get the socialization, Mm -hmm. like you said, and they can see more mature children and how they handle things. Yeah, and it lets those older kids just slow down a little bit. Some older kids are super ready. You know, they're ready to start reading. They're, they're interested and they want to. But I've worked with so many kindergartners, especially who just are not interested. And if you start reading and math before there's an interest, you plant the seed of, I don't like this. 
I don't want to do this. I'm being forced to do this. But if you can wait until this, there's a really natural period that comes where it's just like language is everywhere and they want it and they want to learn it. It's just a much more, we develop a love of learning a lot easier than like, okay, we got to go. Let's, that makes you know, let's prod Come everyone along. along. Yeah. Which like, I think all teachers, again, would want to have it that way, but it's hard. You know, it's hard mm-hmm. to, to pull that off in a, in a more traditional model. What would your ideal student be then if you would describe an ideal student for your program? I I truly believe that it's for everyone, um, especially since I am trying to cater to special needs mm-hmm. kids as well. Like it, I really think all kids should benefit. It comes like I have a belief that children have rights and they have a right to learn a certain way. And we're not quite caught up in our country on how we can, yeah, how we can meet these young children's needs and. There's a lot of really amazing research about, you know, societies who invest in their early childhood education have huge returns in the future for their economy and for their schooling, all these things like you're building their brain, Mm -hmm. you know, you're laying down these foundations. And so, yeah, it's I'm really passionate about it. And it's hard. It's hard because it's not common. So people don't you know, like, oh, yeah, just send my kid to preschool. You know, like it's mm-hmm. not, they don't really think much about it because it's all more or less the same. And so it is, it is growing. There's not a lot of programs in Utah like this, but in some, you know, bigger cities, you'll find some more programs like this. It sounds like a fantastic program. How young do you start the children in terms of age? Yeah, at three. At three, They just okay. need to be potty trained. Um, okay. But I have some flexibility just because I like to meet the individual needs. So if, the, if a two-year-old is really, really ready, then I'm happy to Really? To That's great. So yeah. they could go to preschool for a couple years mm-hmm. and then start kindergarten mm-hmm. at the normal kindergarten age. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they get to stay with me the whole time, which is nice to have that, that fluidity nice. and the same group of kids. And there's just some consistency there, which is nice for them. Do you envision your classes changing then much year to year? Or do you envision they start out in preschool, maybe do two years of preschool and then continue on? Right now, I imagine that they will change. Um, I think a lot of parents, most of my parents, um, I don't I don't know if they're planning on keeping them for kindergarten and first grade. I have mostly preschoolers. I have one kindergartner. My daughter will stay through first grade um, and my son. Um, so yeah, we'll see, you know, we'll see we'll what see the parents evolves. think. And I'm like, obviously there's a lot that goes into that decision. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of reasons why people want to go to public school. And I like totally, you know, those are very valid reasons. And I have to grapple with those as well because I want to support our public schools. And so um yeah, I respect every family and whatever decision they make. I think it's fantastic that in this day and age now, we're able to see options. I mm-hmm. remember when charter schools first came out, people were very much against them, mm-hmm. thought that they were elitist mm-hmm. and that they would divide kids. And, and they've been such a great um, asset to our school districts Yeah, and as an option. Yeah, And then choice. public school. Our kids went to public school and they enjoyed it, yeah. loved it. But it's, it's great to see that there are different options, different choices. Mm-hmm. I have a sister that lives in Mapleton and she has six kids. And during the pandemic, she homeschooled all of her kids. Mm -hmm. And it was a conscious choice. And it was a great decision at the time. Mm -hmm. And then they moved into a different school district, moved from Texas, Utah. And the schools are different here. And so she put them back all back in school. And so it's just nice to have the flexibility. It is. And not to have the neighbors think you're strange because you're making a different choice Mm -hmm. for learning for your children. It's, It's just more common. Yeah. All kids learn differently, and it they is do. nice, especially with my son, like, who has special needs. Like, I would love to, you know, have a choice because a lot of parents feel that, you know, they only they can only go to public school because that's where they can get an IEP, you know. And so it's nice. What if their child needs to learn in a different environment and they need to learn through this child-led mm-hmm. way? You know, what if that's what's best for them? And I want to be able to give those parents options. 
I'm excited that you're here. Thanks. So excited that you moved to Kaysville. Thanks. What brought you to Kaysville? Um, it was a whim. We found this house up in East Kaysville with the creek running through the backyard and big mature trees, which is fun for the school to have this kind of foresty environment for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, big windows and it's just like a mid-century modern home and we just fell in love with it and went for it. It was kind of rash, honestly. Really? <laughs> yeah. We knew nothing about really Kaysville. I didn't really know anything about Kaysville. Didn't know anyone here. We just saw this house. But now I'm obsessed with our neighborhood. It's amazing. It's really safe. It's right by that elementary school. So it's just like, just it's very, a beautiful area. Yeah, close-knit neighborhood. So I love it. It is. Well, we're glad you're here and I'm Thanks. glad your school's here. Thanks. And as you grow, hopefully you'll stay here. And, yes. And be able to grow. That's the plan. That would be fantastic. Yes. Well, nice to talk to you, Anna. Me too. Thank you so much. Yep.